Now, it turns out that a significant amount, perhaps 50% of your potential happiness is inherited. This has been shown through research on twins, identical twins. And this is your inbuilt baseline happiness level or happiness set point. And all things being equal, once your basic survival needs have been met, then 10%, only 10% of your potential happiness comes from your life circumstances. And the remaining 40%, I call it the 40% solution, is determined by the things you do or don't do, say or don't say, each and every day. I'm Dr. Mark Rowe, and welcome to my podcast, In the Doctor's Chair. As a family physician, my expertise is supporting people in the areas of positive health and lifestyle medicine. Join me in conversations that share life lessons, health habits, and leadership practices, focusing on positive psychology, lifestyle medicine, and ways that enable you to live with more vitality on purpose. Appreciating that when it comes to your vitality, that everything is so interconnected. Episodes will air weekly, and you can find me wherever you listen to your podcasts. And of course, on my website, drmarkrow.com. As a practicing family doctor with expertise in lifestyle as medicine, my purpose is to encourage and support you in terms of positive health, personal growth, and all things well-being. As I say, to never stop starting. Each month on a live webinar, I teach learning by doing and learning by being. The why and the how of health enhancing habits, giving you the science as well as support strategies to live with more vitality. I'd like to invite you to join my self-development club. To learn more and to sign up, visit drmarkrow.com. If I was to ask you, what do you really, really want from life? When it's all stripped away, then if you're like most people around the world, you'll say you want happiness, contentment, inner peace, fulfillment. John Lennon once said that when he went to school, he was asked what he wanted to be when he grew up and he wrote down happy. He says they told him he didn't understand the assignment and he simply told them they didn't understand life because happiness can be one of those really fundamental keys to human experience. And one of the paradoxes about happiness is that it can be something that's very hard to define and it can mean so many different things to different people. But generally, we all know it when we experience it. For me, happiness is about making the best of good times as well as having the resilience to deal with tough times. In Buddhist philosophy, they say there can be no real happiness without also having experienced its opposite, suffering. That both happiness and suffering are two sides of the same coin. And, you know, there's no doubt that everyone experiences pain in life We've all suffered. And perhaps that's why this topic of happiness has never been more important. Now, let me be really clear. I'm not suggesting for a moment that it's possible to be happy all the time. Of course not. That's delusional, sometimes described as toxic positivity. You see, real life has setbacks and struggles for all of us. We're hardwired for negativity anyway, and for survival, not for happiness. The architecture of your brain is built for survival. It's built to detect and avoid threat. It's hardwired for fear, anxiety, and survival. And every day is like Groundhog Day. When you wake up, your brain is telling you, you have to survive today. You have to avoid threat today. And that's why negative emotion is so contagious and why it sticks like Velcro. Whereas positive emotion is so fleeting, like Teflon. We like positive emotion, but really we're hardwired to avoid negativity. 
So having said that, life, of course, is never perfect for anyone. So don't expect it from anyone else or indeed from yourself. You know, don't fall into this trap of thinking, I'll be happy when, you know, when all my debts are paid, when I get this assignment done, when the new year comes, you know, that illusion of the perfect idealistic future. Don't let life pass you by awaiting perfection before you allow yourself to be happy. Because the truth is, there is only now. That's the opportunity for you, for me, for all of us to learn to embrace your flaws, to make peace with your past, to accept what you can't change, to find the courage to change what you can, and to choose to find some happiness today in the present moment, to give yourself more permission to be human, to make the best of good times, to have the resilience to embrace defeat, disappointment, and having the mental strength to deal with tough times. Perhaps the best definition of happiness I've come across is that happiness is the result of having someone to love, something to be grateful for, something useful to do, and something to hope for and look forward to. Positive psychology, which is this new strength-based approach to living, as opposed to focusing on inadequacy or weakness, focusing on what's strong as opposed to what's wrong. It's really interesting, you know, the science of positive psychology and how you can bring very actionable habits into your everyday life that can boost your emotional well-being and increase your happiness. And for me as a medical doctor, it's been really, really interesting to learn firsthand how people can benefit from these ideas to boost their well-being and inner happiness. And this movement of positive psychology is spreading. Science of flourishing really is becoming viral around the world as people have begun to embrace the possibilities that this science brings for their own lives. And of course, happiness feels good and generates that glow of contentment. But for me as a medical doctor, my main interest in this topic of sustainable happiness is the interconnection between emotional well-being, happiness and your physical health and your emotional health and your psychological health. So let's look at some of this. So, you know, when you are experiencing feelings of well-being and happiness, you release a dose of hormones, DOSE, dopamine, which is the pleasure and reward system in the brain, oxytocin, which builds that sense of connection. It builds feelings of calm, micro moments of positivity. You release nitric oxide, which widens your blood vessels, reducing heart health. You reduce your blood pressure and cortisol levels, the stress hormone, is also lowered. Serotonin is sometimes known as the policeman of the brain, and it builds a sense of positivity and happiness and confidence. And natural pain-killing endorphins enable you to feel more calm, more energized, more optimistic, while giving you a microdose of kind of natural painkiller, which is equivalent to a tiny little dose of morphine. And of course, this also, all of these hormones in combination move you from the stressed state to Vegas, to the pause and plan, rest and digest, parasympathetic nervous system, plugging you more into the, into the vagus nerve, increasing what's known as vagal tone, which helps not just recharge from stress, but helps regulate and balance your blood sugar levels, reduces inflammation and helps protect you against many chronic adverse health conditions, including heart disease and diabetes. In essence, it puts stress hormones like cortisol and adrenaline back in their box. Happiness improves your, your psychological health, your mindset. It builds resilience, realistic optimism. It broadens your perspective, opens your mindset to new ideas, people and possibilities. As you see the world more through the lens of 
appreciation. And as they say, as you change the way you look at things, the things you look at start to change. Happiness builds self-awareness as you become more engaged with everyday experiences. You boost willpower, support healthier habits, better able to embrace positive change in your life. Happiness supports empathy, building feelings of compassion and helpfulness. It supports your emotional intelligence, making you better attuned to how other people feel, which in turn supports better communication. Of course, happiness also builds up your own emotional reservoir, your emotional bank account of positivity, so that you have a reservoir to draw upon when you need it most. Happiness can transform your thinking so that you become more creative. You think more expansively. You boost your imagination and strengthen innovation. You become better at problem solving, better able to tolerate risk and uncertainty, broadening your perspective. As I say, to be able to see both the wood and the trees. Happiness supports learning. As Plato once said, all learning has an emotional base. And when you feel more positive, when you feel happier, when you boost your well-being, you learn more effectively and boost your well-being. And research from the Harvard Business Review has shown that at work, if you are happier, you have more productivity, perhaps by more than 30%. You're three times more creative and significantly more likely to be promoted, perhaps by up to 40%. The bottom line is being happier will boost your creativity, energy, performance, giving you an edge in whatever way you want to measure accomplishment or achievement. So what is happiness? Happiness is an emotional state of feeling contentment, fulfillment, well-being, which triggers positive emotion. And of course, there's clearly a difference between your moment to moment experience of happiness right now as you're listening to this podcast and your sense of reflected happiness as you look back and ask yourself, how happy are you with your life overall? In other words, your overall life satisfaction. Fundamentally, happiness includes three things, pleasure, engagement and meaning. Now, pleasure is a profound psychological need. It feels good. The carrot's so much better than the stick. We gravitate towards it. Just think for a minute about all the sources of pleasure in your own life. For me, these include the aroma of freshly ground coffee, a few squares of really dark chocolate, walking in nature, sitting at a warm fire, great conversation. Pleasure is wonderful in its own right in the moment, but by definition, it must be temporary and transient. Otherwise, your brain would simply adapt and turn pleasure into routine. You see, all that glitters is not gold. An interesting question to ask yourself is, do your sources of temporary pleasure bring you lasting happiness? Because sustainable happiness also requires a sense of engagement, being creative, energized, stretched to the very limit, motivated for personal growth. William Butler Yeats, one of the world's greatest ever poets, wrote that happiness is neither pleasure nor virtue, nor this nor that, but simply growth. We are happiest when we are growing, climbing a mountain that's of value to us, neither necessarily reaching the summit nor wandering aimlessly at the foothills. And thirdly, sustainable happiness also requires a sense of purpose and meaning, knowing that what you do and who you are matter. Despite struggles and setbacks, you have the ability to overcome these with a renewed sense of purpose, perspective, what's termed post-traumatic growth. You know, far more people grow from adversity than languish with post-traumatic stress. One of my all-time favourite books is Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. And he understood, despite the depravity of his Nazi captors, despite the harrowing circumstances he found himself in, despite the bleakness 
that he had the power to choose how to respond in any given moment. As he wrote, when we are no longer able to change a situation, we are challenged to change ourselves. I mean, this makes sense, perfect sense from an evolutionary viewpoint, because if some achievement or acquisition made you permanently happy, you would more than likely lose your motivation or initiative to learn new skills and grow as a person. And on the other hand, if if loss or so-called failure led to a permanent sense of disillusionment, then that, of course, would be highly detrimental to your well-being and chances of survival. But can you actually become happier? I would have initially thought perhaps a little while believing really that most of your happiness potential was down to your life circumstances, luck, chance, the cards you're dealt. Now, it turns out that a significant amount, perhaps 50% of your potential happiness is inherited. This has been shown through research on twins, identical twins. And this is your inbuilt baseline happiness level or happiness set point. And all things been equal once, your basic survival needs have been met. Then 10%, only 10% of your potential happiness comes from your life circumstances. And the remaining 40%, I call it the 40% solution, is determined by the things you do or don't do, say or don't say, each and every day. In other words, the 40% of your potential happiness that's under your control. And for me, one of the greatest ways to boost your 40%, as it were, is through a written gratitude practice. You know, because it's, it's great and wonderful to feel grateful, but actually writing it down, it can be really good medicine for the mind, body and soul, a powerful medical antidote to toxic stress. It's simply not possible to feel envious, resentful or hostile and grateful at the same time. And when you write it down, when you connect your brain through your hand to your journal, what you express on paper, you impress in your heart and in your mind. And simply writing down three things you feel grateful for once a week for 10 weeks in a row will boost your inner happiness and well-being by up to 25%. You see, by focusing on selecting positive things that are good in your life, you undertake a sort of a, a filtering process in your brain where the more irrelevant and negative aspects are simply filtered out. And this over time retrains your brain to reinforce what's going well. And over time, that can lead to a real shift in your perspective and your personal reality. The key idea is that life to a large degree is how you choose to see. In other words, your ability to respond through the lens of gratitude and appreciation as opposed to absence and scarcity. Your response ability, your ability to respond. I call it WWW, what went well. A wonderful question to ask yourself each day, a wonderful question to share with someone you care about, a wonderful exercise at night time by writing down three things you feel grateful for. It plugs your subconscious mind into abundance, into appreciation, moving you back to Vegas, away from the toxic, stressed state of fight or flight, enabling you to build more calm contentment, enrich your emotional bank account with more positivity, build resilience and support improvements in your physical health. A written gratitude practice can improve your sleep quality, strengthen your immune system, lower your blood pressure, and overall allow you to live with so much more vitality. When I wrote my book, A Prescription for Happiness, The 10 Commitments for a Healthier, Happier Life, that was really the result of my exploration of this topic called happiness, what it is, why it matters, and insights into how you can expand and enhance your everyday 
subjective experience of happiness. My 10 commitments include the power of gratitude, kindness to others and to yourself, supportive relationships, working towards goals consistent with your values, the power of time, exercise as the greatest pill of all, realistic optimism, cultivating simplicity, spirituality, and the courage to choose. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, finding happiness becomes a choice. Your everyday choice to find more balance, harmony, contentment, and fulfillment. Your choice to value the little things, those everyday moments, people, conversations, the gift that's life itself. To live more in the now, to value the little things that more often than not end up being the big things. In the end, expanding your happiness is your choice. What you do regularly matters so much more than what you do once in a while. You can gift yourself more balance, harmony and fulfillment, boosting your health, providing a platform for a life of real vitality to your happiness. Thank you. Thank you for listening to my podcast in the doctor's chair. For further resources to support you to live with more vitality, please visit my website, drmarkrow.com.